Hey everybody and welcome to DCI number 39. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. In this episode, Brian and I got to talk to two incredibly interesting people. We got to talk to Scott Eaton, who was the weapons designer for some of the Medal of Honor and Call of Duty games. But we also got to talk to Van Partible, who you may recognize that name as the creator of Johnny Bravo. But we're not talking about Johnny Bravo. Well, we do talk about Johnny Bravo a little bit. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Today, we're here to talk to you about Dancers of War, a game that's currently in the middle of its Kickstarter campaign uh, that is about the weaponization of dance. It's a over-the-top, uh, silly character action game where you fight in time to the music um, using dance. Uh, seems really interesting. We had a great talk, and uh, we hope you enjoy the interview. If you want to find out more, information about Dark Station, you can do that at darkstation.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at darkstation underscore com. If you want to subscribe to us, we are the Darkcast. You can find us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a review and let us know what you think of the show. And if you want to send us an email, you can do that at podcast at darkstation.com. And for more information about Dancers of War, check out the links in the show notes to this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Darkcast today. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you very much. Doing great. Good to hear. Good to hear. Now, on the show today, we have um, a lot of times we we talk to really small uh, indie developers. Oftentimes, it's people people have never heard of. But today, we have the creator of Johnny Bravo on our show, which is awesome. And I am... Kind of actually ashamed to say that I've never actually seen an episode of Johnny Bravo. You know, to make up for that, I'm a huge Johnny Bravo. There fan. we go. Hey, ho! Brian, Brian, save right the day there. right there. Uh, <laughs> that was my horrible Johnny Bravo impersonation. Thank you, thank you. I thought it was wonderful. I appreciate uh, that. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scott, you are the, uh, or you were the uh, the weapons specialist for. Um, some of the Call of Duty games and Medal of Honor. So did you work with Infinity Ward? Yeah, no, actually I worked with, um, well, we did work with them, yeah, back in the EA days before they turned over to 2015. Okay. Um, I I was back at DreamWorks Interactive when we started up Medal of Honor. Oh, gotcha. And and then then we left over and I worked at Spark with the the first um, Call of Duty on the consoles team, the Turning Point. And okay. um, we worked with the Infinity Ward guys back and forth on the first uh, console and the first PC version. We would we would go out to uh, they do all the weapon shoots together and record all the sounds and stuff like that. So yeah, I've been I've been um, working at Spark uh, ever since back in the day. So um, Spark is my main uh, the main place I've worked. Okay, very cool. Uh, Spark, those are the guys that made, uh, you said Turning Point, but they made the, the Legendary game? Is that the one where, like, Pandora yeah, Box made, and Modern yeah. Time and all that craziness? Yeah. Am I remembering that yeah, correctly? Yeah. Exactly. The last, the last one they just put out was, um, Ninja Gaiden Z, 
and uh, Lost Planet Three. Those are the last two they they worked on. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, awesome. Yeah. So back in the but but I guess uh, my background is really in like I was like the weapons guy, the weapons specialist. And so my job on in Medal of Honor and in the first Call of Duties there was just to make sure that the weapons felt really juicy. Hmm. And so I would find a lot of my time going back and forth to the engineers, to animation, to sound. We would all tweak them so they felt really good. Did and you so ever I was stop doing... production just all of a sudden and go, this is not juicy enough? Yeah, I mean, we would have that all the time. It would be these big – it's kind of hard because each, each group – has their little fancies like um, the weapon or the sound guy will just love how this one weapon sound effects sounds, but it might be a little bit too long um, to make the player have good feedback. And same thing would, would go with animation. So I was kind of the wrangler to get everyone uh, kind of focused on making sure that they all felt really good and that each one of the disciplines kind of fed into the overall game experience. Nice. So when you say weapon master, that's that's not a stretch. That's excellent. No, no, no. That's kind of yeah. That, that's what I did. So, and it, and it, what's it's kind of funny. Like we would always joke around back from the Battle of Days. We would you know swap these. We would make dance animations and throw them on the the Nazis instead of their death animations. And so we'd start shooting guys. They'd start dancing around like, oh, this is so fun. And everyone that played it would say, this is great. We should do a game like this. And we never did. But it always kind of stuck in my mind. So I I love all the you know I love Parappa. I loved um. Space Channel 5 when that came out and I was like, man, we should just do a fun crazy game, but instead of uh, shooting people and killing them, let's shoot them and make them dance or, or dance uh, use dance as a weapon So there there you have it, the history of Dancers of War back from like 15 years ago it Seeds <laughs> yeah. are, are rooted that deep in gaming history um, <laughs> So, um, now Obviously, it, it kind of makes sense, um, you know, you being on the project, but, uh, or I don't, not make sense, but Van, you, you work with cartoons a lot. Yeah. I'm really interested in, like, how you kind of got in on this project on, you know, making a video game, which seems like a kind of big departure from cartoons and TV and whatnot. Well, I mean, it all stemmed back a couple of years ago. I was... Um, chatting with Vince Clark and his manager and they had just gotten that song Always onto Robot Unicorn Ro Robot Unicorn Attack that mm -hmm. Adult Swim uh, game oh god yeah, yeah. okay yeah <laughs> I, I see that touched a nerve with you yeah oh man that was there was a very dark night many years ago <laughs> I will just leave it there <laughs> yeah, and we had just we had gotten to talking, and he was like, you know what, we have this video game idea, and we um, just got into it, and we just started developing something together. He's like, would you like to, to take this on? And I was all, yeah, that'd be awesome. We can just work together and do something. And it, over time, it evolved into this dance fighter, and that was that was how I got in touch with Scott. Me and Scott went to college together, and Scott was one of the few people that I knew in video games. And um, it just so happened that he had a dance fighter as well, which is kind of weird and kismet. And uh, I thought that that just means we have to work on this together. And so we <laughs> kind of put our idea. I don't know how many people have dance uh, <laughs> dance fighting ideas out there, but we put ours together and we came up with Dancers of War. And that's that's kind of how I got into it. Well, I mean, the dance yeah, it was... battle is is classic. 
So yeah, yeah. To, I just to, to extrapolate that out into dance fighting, that sounds. I, I'm amazed that nobody has done this yet. Yeah, I'm amazed yeah. too because like I, I have a bunch of friends over at Blizzard, and I'd go visit them, and all the folks love uh, the dance animations that they do because it's just funny, just uh, out of just comes out of nowhere, and people seem to love that. And I was like, why don't people make a game out of this? Something that's so serious, but make it kind of comedic. And that's where uh, the idea actually came from, was my visits also with... I mean, I have a ton of random uh, inspirations that come about, but that was another one of the ones that, that hit on that nerve of, this could be fun. Why aren't people doing this more? Yeah, it was it was crazy. Cause, like, we, uh, me, me and all the guys, we were on Lost Planet 3, we were just always joking around. We're like, man, we just got to do something that's more fun and more light. Games used to be, you know, just these ridiculous, crazy, fun things. And and the I think the tendency lately has been to do things kind of more like a simulator. We want to make it more realistic, more realistic, more realistic. And it's like, why can't we do a departure from realism? We can do anything we want in a game. We can go crazy. And and uh, combat, at least on like kind of what we were doing on Lost Planet 38 on God of War. I mean, that's a kind of a proven mechanic. It's like, it's fun to shoot things. It's fun to wrestle things and, you know, beat things up. But why don't we do it with dance? And so when I when I got done with that game, and I was taking some time off, I was like, who is the funniest person I've ever worked with? I remember Van back in our days at, at in college doing these animations. I'm like, dude, Van is hilarious. i got to call Van and see what he's doing. And so I called him up. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm glad you called me. I want to do this dance fighting thing. I'm like, what? So... <laughs> It was like this, uh, I don't know, this preordained moment. That that sends the down the best down origin there. story for a video game that we've heard. <laughs> uh, now, you said that you know most games are becoming more real. Um, so are, are you telling me that the Exotard, uh, which is what you've created for um, Dancers of War to weaponize dance, that that's, that's not a real thing? We can't go out and buy one because I'm a little sad at that. Okay, I gotta tell you this. Researching the game here, I'm lo- researching all this stuff. They have an exotard right now. All right, good. They, it's not. Good, it then. is not far off because the the military is making all these exoskeletons. If you can go, you can Google and see it for soldiers, so they can lift more weight. They can do all this stuff. And there's this other guy. I can't remember his name, but he's developed a dance suit that basically it's got a bunch of sensors in that, and your body moves and it uh, plays music for you. So I'm like, it's not far off. Good to just know. Like Jules Verne. Yeah, just like Jules Verne and the uh, you know the submarines way back when those didn't exist. This exotard will be here soon. Good to know. That's my ten years. <laughs> ten years, and we will be weapon dancing through. That's right. Everyone will be weapon dancing. There's going to be no more uh, guns, and it's going to be awesome. And then Bollywood's going to take India's going to take over the world with their weapon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! The oh Bollywood God. War of twenty thirty four. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I'm I'm so gonna lose in that war. It's gonna be sad. <laughs> no, the um, Exotard will help you out. Oh, that's will that's that's good to know. It's like an <laughs> auto tuner of dancing. You can just program in your favorite moves, and you'll be you'll be solid. So it's so, so it functions like like uh, I'm gonna say the first thing that comes to mind, and that's Jackie Chan in the tuxedo, where that already yes. has the built-in yes. size. The Exotard has the built-in dance. They'll go, hey, is that, that a Paul Abdul? No, it's Jonathan I, Miley. I forgot about that movie. It's perfect. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, oh, man, now I've got nightmares coming. 
It's gonna be what okay, else? Brian. So, okay. so, so break it down for me. When I am dropping fools with my sick dance moves, what what is going on in Dancers of War? How how is this working? Is this is this rhythm? Is it both? Am I just like you know? Is is it dance cover? What's happening? <laughs> dance and pop. You want pop and dance, or do you want me to? I'll let Scott take it because he's all okay. So so the way we kind of think about this, it's kind of like um, God of War, or think of like Batman Arkham Asylum. Like, pretend you're Batman, you're walking through, but you hear the music of, like, Beat It or something. You're snapping your fingers. So all the animations are kind of dance animations. Um, so if you see some, let's say, some baddies at a distance, instead of using your Batarang, you might use a, uh, a distance attack, which could be, like, one we always go to is the sprinkler. So you start doing the sprinkler, and every time yes. your elbow comes forward, you're launching a bolt of dance energy at them. And um, so that we'll have ranged attacks, and then um, the bad guys are going to close rank on you in kind of a uh, flash mob fashion, depending on who their dance master is. They might have, you know, a different style. They could be river dancers. They could be uh, b-boys. They could be, uh, you know, jazz hands, fossey guys. So they'll, they'll close ranks on you and try and surround you and come in and attack you one at a time, kind of like in Batman Arkham Asylum, but Instead of uh, your melee moves punching them, you're going to do like a pop and lock arm wave that'll send out a blast of energy. You can do a counter that maybe throws them up into a lift, kind of like a Dirty Dancing 3, then you toss them off screen. You know, you hear some shattered glass. Um, and then we'll have a bunch of different attacks in each area, ranged uh, melee attacks, and also special attacks, like kind of like a big AOE blast. So if you're if you chain a bunch of attacks together to the rhythm, it powers up what we're calling your wow power, which is basically mana. And then you can um, set off these special kind of smart bomb attacks, like you hit a disco pose and a giant concentric wave of power blasts everybody in the area. So it's it's basically a brawler with distance shooting, and um, it's all based on your dance moves. So and it, we're calling. Oh, I'm sorry, we're calling it Rhythm Light, because we don't want to penalize the player for not hitting the rhythm. You can do all these attacks normally, but if you link it to the rhythm, the attacks are a lot more powerful, and they open up into different combos. Okay. Um, so I've got one question. So you're fighting people with dance. What happens to the people when they get hit with dance energy? Do they start to dance uncontrollably too? Yes, well, what we're in our... Or Dan, you want to field this one? The the fiction on our dance energy. The fiction of the of the dance. Uh, <laughs> please, please give me the fiction of the, the dance. The I wish this was video because I have the biggest, stupidest grin on my face right now. <laughs> well, I'm huh. glad you do that. The the awesome. fiction of the dance is in our in our backstory. We had this um, maniacal pop star who has invented the exotard, and he's used it to. Uh, to weaponize dance, so he's he's taken all these dancers from all over the world and put them under mind control and suited them up with these exotards. So now he's got these dance minions, and so there's some really good dancers, there's some not so. I'm sorry, really good dancers, not so good dancers, and so that's how you move up on the level. So the really good dancers are the ones that are surrounding the uh, what you call the dance master. So dance masters in this world, they uh, possess this stuff called the wow factor. So all their wow factor is being taken from them and being used to charge up all these exotards. 
And so um, when you hit one of the um, these minions, these dance minions, you release their uh, you release their mind control, and you get to take some of their wow factor. So you get to power up a little bit, and so they kind of disappear in the game, but they're actually more behind you. Um, if you can think of it that way, they're like in your hip pocket, so that by the end yeah. you, you can do a flash mob attack at the end. So basically, you're setting them free. So the dance energy, when it hits, it's like a blast of particle energy. It has force. You might knock them back. Um, some of the dance energies will stun them, and they'll look like electrified. But the end result is that they lose their health, and upon losing their health, they are set free from mind control. So you're not killing people. You're slapping them around a bit, but you're setting them free from their mind control device. So it's kind of like being the, uh, the little robots in Sonic, where the little yes. bunny pops out after that. Yeah, well, yeah, except sure. this bunny can dance for you and fight. Yes, by kind of yeah, so that's also, um, um, in Captain Jack. EO. I don't know if y'all watch Captain yes. EO, where Michael Jackson would free these crazy monster type people, and then they would just join him in the dance, and he would become more powerful. Gotcha. It's like you have a book in yeah. front of you with all of the right Brian buzzwords. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. We got that PDF. We got the PDF earlier. Choose uh, Captain EO. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Thank you for doing your research and mentioning Captain EO. That yes. <laughs> Dance with. Yeah, so, right. like, what what kind of um, your main character is this going to be? Uh, is he going to be like customizable? Um, is is it? Am I going to be the dance commander, as it were? Do you want me? Yeah, go ahead. Scott's really good at these these questions that have all the game details because he's all game detail guy. (laughs) Game detail guy. I like that better. (laughs) Official title. Put that on a card. A card that dances. That's even a better game. It's just a game about details. Well, it's like Weapon Master, like Dungeon Master. That's kind of like you, except you're the Weapon Master. That's true. So, so this yeah, this kind of plays into. so your, your main character, what you're going to be able to upgrade is your exotard. So as you're running around the level, you start off with a base. In, this, in our story, you start off with, a, with like, kind of like Iron Man's first suit. That's like you find an early version of the exotard, kind of a, uh, what do they call that? Not a working version, but a, a work prototype. in progress. Prototype, thank you. That's the word. Yes, and then, uh, so you get this prototype version, and you don't have the helmet on, so you're not mind-controlled, but... As you go through the levels, you're going to find different little treasure troves. And what we're doing with the, the treasure troves, it's not like a traditional um, you know, box of treasure, but Vince um, from Eraser, he has like every synthesizer known to man since the beginning of synthesizers. And they all make these really cool, crazy different noises. So we want to make these kind of fantastical music machines as, as kind of the, uh, um, the treasure boxes that we open up or the, the loop centers. So we're thinking you're going to get different pieces to augment your exotard as you walk through from those. Um, you'll get different pieces from the Dance Master bosses that you free. So you might, if, if you free the River Dance boss, he's going to have this really cool um, foot mechanical thing on his exotard that makes him move even faster and even faster clogging. And so you can grab that thing and upgrade your suit. So you, basically you'll upgrade the exotard as you go. Okay. Do... Uh since you're you're kind of gaining different things, are there? Do you switch between like styles of dance? Are you going to run into enemies that are you know if you're fight if you know say you're going against the 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 master of the river dance, um, you know is he weak against disco 
Like how's yes, is there like exactly. a balance like that? Yeah, there's going to be a rock, paper, scissors that we're working out between all the different dance styles. Each dance style will kind of lend itself to a different attack type. Like the river dance guy is going to have super fast ranged attacks. All the dancing on the ground is going to send off kind of like a submachine gun class weapon. Um, a lot of bullets, a lot of dance energy very quickly, but maybe not so powerful. So he's going to be really good if you want to move around quick and um, blast and kind of be agile. Um, then, like, we're thinking ballet is going to be a lot stronger and more defensive and kind of um, more uh, better at countering. So uh, they'll have really strong melee attacks, big kicks, and also big countering lifts and things. We want to have the, the, uh, the gameplay layout kind of be in a way where you can um, not, kind of, I guess, be nonlinear. So you can approach different bosses at different times. So you can strategize how you make your way to the top um, by the different upgrades you get from each boss. So, as far as like the different types of dance, the way we're envisioning it right now in the design, or, or how you select which moves you like, we want to have kind of like a, a uh, storage bank in your exotards. So you can say, okay, I want to use my ma main melee attacks, I want to be the ballet ones. But my um, ranged attacks, I want to use the river dance guy. And maybe for um, my defensive stuff, I want to use the jazz or the, uh, the pop and lock stuff. So there'll be slots that you'll be able to put in your moves as you earn them. So when okay, you beat so you a dance match, match, you're not kind of stuck to yeah. to like one particular style of dance then forced to change to another one. So you can you can no, kind no. of choose your favorites. Yeah, at the beginning of each level, we want you to be able to like go in and load up for that level. Okay, I want to, you know, figure out what my what my uh, dance, dance arsenal is for this level. Yes, my dance loadouts. You're, fill you're filling out your <laughs> dance card? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. These are all free. You just take them. This is filling out a dance card. I'm writing it down. Write it down, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I, I really loved the idea when, uh, when, as me and Scott, this has been one of the funnest development things that I've done in a long time because as me and Scott do this, we come up with the dumbest things, and they work. That's They're what's so fantastic. cool about this. It, it's kind of like this, this floodgates of creativity because there's so much dance in this world and so much ridiculous dance in this world that you can do both and be serious about it and, and comedic about it at the same time. So it's got this multi-layered thing about it that I just love. Yeah, we're just, any dumb idea, we're saying yes. <laughs> let's, let's do that. And every dumb idea is also awesome. That's the coolest part about it. Now, I like that. Remember, did you guys uh, hear the poll story about how they got Cake to be the uh, the the end all of the game? I guess they were. I heard they were having some meeting, and they're like, well, "What do we have the player kind of search for? It's got to be something cool." And some guy says, "Everybody likes Cake." They're like, "Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> That's the kind of atmosphere we want in development." Yeah, we want to say, like, yeah, this is a crazy idea. Let's go for it. No, nothing is off the table unless it doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. I exactly. like that. That is, I, I like the, you're, you're not, you're not, you know, why guys, you're why not guys. That's, I like that. Exactly. Yeah, and when, with, each le with each level that you finish, you get a piece of dance armor. So you, be, you get this really cool exoskeleton at the beginning, but then it just starts uh, becoming this really cool uh, piece of, armor I guess you can call so that by the end you got this cool dance suit so that at the end you can fight this um, major dancing machine that uh, has all the dance moves 
So I think that would be totally fun. So since you're fighting other really good dancers in the game, one of my favorite movies of all time is Zoolander. Yes. And one of the oh, best yeah. scenes is the dance-off. Mm-hmm. Will yes. there be dance-offs like there are in Zoolander in Dancers of War? Well, the the boss battles are gonna base. It's not gonna be a turn-based thing, but when you when you encounter a boss, it's gonna be a special battle. And, and kind of how we have been seeing it in our mind is, um, you get in there to fight the boss. You fought off his minions, and now he comes out. and He's like, no, it's me and you. And so you'll be fighting. And and what I kind of want to do is um, get the minions to kind of circle around. And if you're winning the fight and he's losing. I want them to kind of side with you and start being like, ooh, oh, oh. But if if they're but if he's beating you, they kind of side over with him and and start uh, you know ooing and owing and you know kind of catcalling you. I don't. Know, you guys, what was that game? There was a breakdance fighting game where the camera would kind of switch sides to whoever was winning. I'm spacing now, and I should know this on the top of my head. But basically, yeah, we want to have kind of a the crowd involved in like uh, in your boss fights. To kind of, uh, I don't know, catcall and jeer and taunt. What what kind of locations are we in our in our fiction here? Where are we going? Uh, we got nightclubs. What's where? Where Man, are we fighting all these it. dance masters? I'll go. Um, where it takes place is the island of of the maniacal pop star. He owns this private island, and it's kind of like he does. It, it's <laughs> Where he builds all his exotards. It's kind of like Game of Death, where you're uh, going from level to level, up this like pagoda type thing, and you're just going through all the different levels of dance. So are they all, yeah, are like, they all appropriately themed? Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Each dance master is going to have his own themed level. When you first get to the island, it looks like a typical, you know, um, crazy uh, southeast. Asian jungle island with a bunch of artifacts and stuff. There's a big old artifact of a human figure in the ground. But when the da- when all the minions come by and they start attacking, we want to disco fight it. So have the thing, basically all these things that didn't look like they were lights would start lighting up so that it just becomes every arena becomes this crazy dance club as the fighting starts. So we picture it at night. So, what the, so there's some there's some really great lighting going on it's just one big dance club <laughs> yeah it's got to be dark so we can have lots of emissive glows because we're thinking about using uh, Unreal 4 or um, or Unity 5 and they both have these insane lighting effects that look great so if we can keep it all dark and glowy it'll be awesome absolutely have the lights come in oh man just to the beat now music wise are you guys going to use uh, I know you've got uh, uh, you've got Vince right that, yeah yeah you got Vince. Obviously, that dude knows music. Um, are you guys using any licensed stuff, or is this just stuff he's coming up with? It's going to be all original stuff. So um, the nice thing about Vince is that he's the master of remixes, and so he's just going to take all the different dance genres and uh, and just kind of make a danceable beat to them and make them all organic to each other so that they all feel the same and they all feel like they're in the same world. Um, we haven't really talked so much about if it's just going to be him or if we're going to do other uh, bands or other people, but for right now we've got uh, Vince on board to do everything. Yeah, yeah, he's 
Well, I mean, for the first for the first game or the first um, chunk we want to do, we got him on there, and he's his stuff is amazing. I, I I I've followed all his Depeche Mode and Yaz and Eurasia stuff, but he is so versatile. It's kind of like I feel like it's going to be a Peter and the Wolf kind of thing. So each character is going to have their own theme, their own type of music theme, and um, yeah, this hopefully if we get this thing funded and get some more money in, that'll allow us to talk more about licensing. Absolutely. Start with the cost down. You know, yeah. you got you got a man in there who could do it. So you know, definitely yep. put it on his shoulders for the moment. Yep. Now, speaking of the Kickstarter, you guys are in the middle of your Kickstarter. Um, how's how's that been going for you? Like, do you want to go, Scott? Want that one, oh, I guess I can go. Um, it's honestly, it's been a little slow going. Um, we Van has got a bazillion fans, and so does Vince. But we've been having, I guess, a hard time trying to reach them all. Hmm. We've been looking online at Facebook and all these different fan groups, and we're, you know, there's fan groups of Johnny Bravo with millions of people. So I mean, if <laughs> right. you know, if ten percent of them wanted to get the game, it'd be, it'd be a pretty easy. Um, we'd make our goal. But we've been going through and looking at them, and a lot of them are, you know, just out of high school and stuff. May not have a credit to get onto Amazon. So we we've got it's been a little tough trying to get our um, fans to uh, to see the project and also to uh, go ahead and back it. Sure. Well, hopefully this is one of the ways people can find out about it. So what are some of the rewards that people can get by backing your project? Well, from that the very at the very least they can get uh, the game for twenty dollars and then. For $30, they can get the game and the soundtrack, so you can get all of Vince's music. Even if you don't play games, you can pretty much do the $30 one. You get a nice uh, chunk of music, and then uh, you can give the game to your your little brother or give it to some other little kid for, for their birthday. <laughs> um, at the tippy top, we have uh, backstage passes to Erasure. Erasure is going to be going in concert in the fall this year. And so they're going to be at all the major cities all over the world. So we have two tickets and two backstage uh, meet and greets. So and and the one in LA, they can come meet us, which is kind of fun also. And um, we also have some ones where we can put the actual people in the video game, uh, put their names on the walls because of course when you're dancing, you're also tagging things. So and put people's faces in the video games. Uh, we have art books, we have, oh gosh, and t-shirts. Oh, and I think our most kitschy thing are sweatbands, because, you know, we're like, what oh, says yeah. dancers the most are sweatbands? That's, yes. That's great. Maybe we'll add leg warmers, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> we'll flash dance, uh, I don't know, that may be too much. That might be, but it, <laughs> it, it might it's just be enough. too much. It's, ne it's <laughs> never too much. Yeah, what, what happened to the why not attitude, Scott? You're right. Why do I, <laughs> it's not too much, and it's going to be on there. That's it. They were adding it. Mm-hmm. Leg warmers. Leg warmers. Fantastic. Um, so why go the, the Kickstarter route? Well, one of the first things that that we, when we were doing this, we we're having so much fun doing this. We thought, wouldn't it be great to have people around us that were fans of this 
to come at the very beginning and uh, and and make this game with us. Just the way that Kickstarter's been doing it, we thought, you know, what? this would be a really cool way to open up this game to a fun audience. Um, that this has been a group thing where a bunch of people get together and they've created this awesome game and. Uh, that was in some of our first talks, and then we thought, why not Kickstarter? Because um, a lot of the publishers out there, they're looking for, I don't know, games that are based on prior uh, prior things. I guess is that the best way to put it, Scott? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I guess um, you know, whenever we try to pitch something crazy. Um, they're like, well, you know, it's just too much of a risk because of how much games are costing these days. You know, um, I think on Lost Planet we spent like 26 million. On uh, I know the last Call of Duty was over 50 million. You know, and last Grand Theft Auto, gosh, that was over probably 100 million. So no one wants to take a risk on something that's new, like a, a dance fighter, and sign their name onto that and take a you know a huge million dollar bath. So. So what was such a win about Kickstarter for us is, yeah, like Van said, we're getting people that are excited about it, that care about it, that can contribute to it from the get-go. And so you automatically have a community that you're already, like, they're basically, they're our, they're our clients. And so we're, we're making the game that they want to make. And we're taking in their comments from the get-go, even in pre-production, which is cool for me. There's a lot of, like, like our, our whole attitude is, why not? And there's great ideas coming in from everywhere. And we'll, obviously, we can't do everything, but we can take um, a lot of that creative energy that the fans have and pump that in from the get-go. And then, hopefully, we get funded, then we can bring in some additional money at that point um, and do a joint venture or something to make the game bigger and get on more, get more accessible and different uh, SKUs. Awesome. Now... The next question I'm going to ask is the the darkest question that I'm going to ask, and I hate this question, but I have to ask it. What happens if you don't make it? I'm going to hold my breath. What? All right. That's right. That's a great answer. I hold my breath until this <laughs> until this buds. <laughs> no, um, I think um, you know what? Honestly, this has been we've been building such a big community so far of people that are passionate about it. If it doesn't fund. We're going to be bummed, but it's we've already, it's already a win for us because we've got kind of a lot of momentum going. And um, we'll take it around at that point um, and uh, look for, talk to some publishers and say, hey, look at, you know, we've got a lot of people that are interested in, in this game and, and we think we can make it great. So it just changes, it changes how we look at the funding for it. Um, it'll be bringing in, yeah, venture capitalists uh, earlier than we wanted. Um, but yeah, that's the way I see it going. Van, do you? What do you think? Um, I guess that's that's where I see it. We want to get this thing made, and um, Kickstarter is the best possible way to get this thing made because of its independent uh, nature, and because it's an out of left field idea. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like the best place to launch this thing. Um, if that isn't the case, then we'll just regroup and figure out. You know what? What is the the next best thing to do with this? Because we feel like it's a viable product, and it gets you guys excited. Anybody that we talk to, it gets them excited, and we just want to make sure that 
um, we can take that enthusiasm and bring it to some hopefully find somebody that shares that enthusiasm and wants to make this and so yeah you know it's like like when I um one of my brother I come from a big sports family and my brothers are all big athletes one of them's a played football in college and he and all his college buddies one time they came by um, when I was playing Parappa and they're like dude what is this game this is so stupid you're so dumb what is that and I, I had to leave. I left the controller on. Um, I came back at like 12 midnight, and they're all, him and his linebacker buddies are around the TV, and they're all chanting, you got to sing it with me. you got to sing it. Their <laughs> eyes are wide. <laughs> so I think it's one of those games that um, a lot of people won't know that they're going to love until they play it. And so that's, that's our challenge, to go out there and, and to, you know, just um, champion it in front of the publishers, in front of Kickstarter, say, hey, guys, this is going to be great. People are going to love it. And we just got to get get it in front of them. You got to get it in front of them and, and let them play. So I think people are really going to love it. It's going to be fun, and the action is going to be crazy and over the top, and it's going to be hilarious, you know. So. Yeah, I, um, I, I think that's um, kind of spot on with the prep of the rapper. Uh, kind of example that there are a lot of games out there and this hopefully won't be one of them that you know is fantastic and just nobody knows about it so yeah I know that's it's a sad thing when that happens like with Psychonauts and other stuff that's sure. just like these games are amazing and just uh, no one gets a chance to play it but yeah well, so well I, love, I, like... I told you it gets dark I apologize for that <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's not hard at all. I mean, we're thinking about this stuff all the time. This is, I mean, if we wouldn't have been thinking about that, we're kind of running a, running, I don't know, willy-nilly with, uh, with no, I don't know, no concern. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sure. like when you talk to people, you know, when you're when you're launching a Kickstarter, they say, you know, do your research and talk to other people who have launched Kickstarters. Well, the people that, you, that launch Kickstarters, um, each of them have launched exactly one Kickstarter. So each each of their um, experiences have been different. So you can only take um, what they have learned from their one Kickstarter and apply it to yours. And so we're learning a whole bunch of different things about how to launch Kickstarter and how not to launch Kickstarter. And so there's all kinds of interesting things that you learn. One of the um, things that I, I heard from someone was there's this business model where you do like a really low... Uh, a low price point and then you make stretch goals until you reach your your sweet spot which I thought was isn't that uh, it, it felt like gambling to me I guess because there's a if we launched and said hey we can make this game for a hundred thousand dollars but we actually needed seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and if we made it for a hundred thousand dollars and we got it and then everyone's like cool you're funded and we only had a hundred thousand dollars and we didn't have a game for them and I feel like mm -hmm. that's kind of been happening with a lot of people they've been get, we've just they've, been, they've just been going out there and saying we'll make it for this amount and they don't actually know how much a game costs I think that's kind of one of the more interesting things that I've learned during this process hmm. yeah, yeah there's, it is don't keep going Oh, I'm sorry, because um, like part of my the thing I do, I've been doing in the last few games, I've been in charge of pricing out all the art, you know, all the art production. So what I did when we had this game idea, I got all the game designers I know and respect, all the engineers I know and respect, and we went through all the feature lists. 
and we priced them out. We priced them out for how long it would take to do, um, you know, how aggressive are they? Is it going to be something that's going to take a lot of time? Um, it might be risky. We picked out the features that are easy, the ones that are hard, and we priced them all. We did man hours. And so we, we didn't go in this Kickstarter. It's like, oh, give us 100 grand and we'll just make it. No, we, we did our homework on the gameplay features. We didn't want to promise something that we couldn't deliver on because we felt like that. We do, once you do that, your career is kind of, you know, we're, or your career is messed up. I don't want to promise a game and then not be able to give it to the people that have, you know, given us their hard-earned money. Mm. So that's been kind of one of the um, obstacles that we've had to fight over. It's like, you know, this this is going to cost us some money to make this game. We're like, well, we need to ask for that money. We can't ask for just a little bit because if we only get that, that would suck. And and it may uh, be awesome at the very beginning. We're like, we funded. That's really cool. But um, at the end, we just want to make sure that our reputations are intact, that we are under-promising and over-delivering rather than uh, the opposite. Sounds like a good policy. Very noble. That's that's definitely the way to do things. That's how you earn fans. Yeah, exactly. Sure you're you're just being truthful with them. Yeah, we're 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 looking for want them to have a good game at the end of the day. And if it, you know, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, why I think why I got in entertainment games is I wanted to entertain people. And there's nothing better if you have had a rough week or whatever. You come home, you can blow off some steam playing a game. That's that's to me why I'm why I'm here. You know, I don't want to just make money or get rich or be the next Angry Birds. You know, I'm here because I enjoy this stuff and I want to make it for other people. Awesome. Yeah. Right, I admire uh, the chance. I, I, yeah. This has got to be made. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. glad you're on <laughs> This has got to be made. This, yes. Because I think... We're glad you feel the same. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you know, you, you got one person. I'm, I'm behind you. I come with zero money. I have a six-month-old and I have a two-year-old, and they're in daycare every day. So I, I can't oh, be financially supportive, but I will be your cheerleader in well, this world so against dance. Because we, when we find the people, there's a sweet spot of people that we're like, oh my gosh, you're the exact audience that we're looking for. You are, you guys are the exact audience that we're looking for, and we just need to find them. That's the hard part about the internet. Can we find you guys and? Can we tell you about this game? And will you back us? And uh, it's it's just a whole thing. It's kind of like Obamacare. You can tell everybody that you need it and that you want that you have to have it, but getting them actually to the site and having to do the work to to fund this thing is is also a whole different other story. Yeah. So, so your flash next stop has to be between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. We need two ferns That's and right. two dancers. <laughs> yes. Dancers dressed like ferns. Yes. That Between two dancers, awesome. that's what we need. <laughs> that would be awesome. Two fern dancers? <laughs> With like a seat attack that they spin. Okay, yeah, this, we gotta shut this down. It's <laughs> too much. No, it's not too much. Why not? Two fern dancers, do it. <laughs> yeah, but... Stretch goal. No, I think that would be awesome if they're all back in the environment. So you're, you're going through the scene and like they're all in camouflage. You don't know they're there. They start coming out. They'd be they're coming out. That's excellent. At you? Oh my god! What? Yes. Camouflaged flash mob. <laughs> yes. I think you just made a new category of minions. Yes. <laughs> Put that on the dance card. 
<laughs> I think you guys need to hire Brian. He seems r way into this. I, Brian, I, you are yeah. the creator of Dance Minions. Like I said, if I if they could right. see me, just the size of the stupid grit on my face throughout this entire conversation. <laughs> Except for when you made it dark, Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah, I, as I said, that you know, I always have to take it dark. This is the dark cast, after all. Yeah, it, is, it is. Um, I, are, are we done with the right. main questions? I think so. I think it's time for the end game. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go with Take our final away. questionnaire. Um, we fashioned it a bit after uh, James Lipton and inside the actor studio. So this is a kind of a more personal look at you guys, not necessarily uh, dance related, though there is a dance question that I've thrown in there. Okay. Raised another question because you kind of answered that one. So, but we're gonna go. Um, each of you guys, you know, take a second. Think about it. They only get harder. Okay. Question, num question number one. Okay. Who is your favorite video game protagonist? Good guy. Mm. Mm. Who's first, Van, me, or you? Uh, go ahead, Scott. All right. Favorite video game protagonist. Oh, man. This is going to be tough. Well, um, does the Castle Crasher count? Sure. Which color? Sure, I guess... Um, I went with blue first. No way, green. No blue. <laughs> You've been thrown from the Monty Python bridge. No problem. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, well, blue was the first one I picked, but I leveled my green guy the first. Um, no, I love Castle Crashers and that whole thing, although he's a, kind of a nameless protagonist. Um, I love him. Parappa the Rapper, another great one. Um I gotta throw in Jim Payton from Lost Planet 3 just because I worked on it, and he was—he's such a good, well-written character. And if it's—if you love story-driven games, it's amazing. Uh, you see, I asked for one, and I just gave you like 20. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's no extra credit, oh. but I appreciate it. That's—I I appreciate right. the most. <laughs> oh, those, those are excellent ones. <laughs> um. My one, you know who I really like is um. You remember Tempest? Yes. <laughs> Tempest, Tempest yes. was kind of like that. Uh, the the second cousin to Pac-Man, except he could shoot things out of his mouth. Yes. yes. <laughs> He's kind of like our character. Okay. All right. He's shooting. <laughs> I liked him because he he was he was uh, underrated because he was stuck in this circle shooting things in the in the far distance and uh, out of his mouth. Um, and his cousin was a space giraffe, so I'm yeah I'm right yeah. I'm right there with you. It's okay. I I think that's that's a fun one. And Commander Shepard because I love Jennifer Hill. Yes. Good she answer. Was, she was my Commander Shepard as well. Yes. <laughs> Shepard. Yes, we love that Jennifer Hale is on this game. That she's uh, she's been tweeting for us and everything. She she's the one in the video that says, uh, um, "It's like the Macarena from Hell." That was her line. <laughs> All right, flipping the question: Who is your favorite antagonist? Who's your favorite bad guy? Ooh, favorite bad guys. Um, hmm. Wow. Let's see. Favorite antagonist. Do the witch zombies and Left for Dead count? Sure. Those are so gnarly. They scare the tar out of me every time, and I keep running into them. 
the which are the boomers? Um, let's see, antagonists. Um, let's see. Other than that, wow. Um, I can go. That's a tough one. Um, I can go old school again. I love going old school. Do it. Remember, I love the robots and Robotron because it's kind of like the Matrix. <laughs> all the guys in the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. They they're kind of mindless, and you can just shoot them at will, and they have no feelings and no. But there's also that one robot that kind of comes out from nowhere, uh, like him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Robotron's awesome. That's probably the best game ever made, honestly, Robotron. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's on a list. I'm sure it's on an acceptable list somewhere of answers. <laughs> uh, third question. What is your favorite group dance? Oh, wow. Favorite group dance. Favorite group dance. Favorite group dance. Uh, and, and versus stars, see. suddenly they're all they're all doing it. Yes. Oh man, what is it? The latest one. What is the favorite one? The electric slide. I could. I, I knew like the first three moves, and that was it. So I had to kind of fade out halfway through the dance I'm, I'm, into the crowd. I'm see here. Nobody else knew the rest of those moves either. <laughs> nice. All it was. It's a. It's a wedding lie. Yeah, it is a. It is. Oh man. You know what um, my group dance is? My favorite group dance is the African anteater dance from um, Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if you remember that. I, I don't, but I'm going to have to w look that up because that sounds fantastic. Um, and right. Can't Buy Me Love with Patrick Dempsey, he, um, he had to learn how to dance. And so he learned to dance from this National Geographic video. And so when he went to the dance floor, the, he he got asked to dance, and he did. Oh the God, I do remember that one. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, D it's perfect, perfect. Yes, I think that was choreographed by like Tony Basil or something like that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say a conga line doing the shopping cart. I've been in a few of those, and it's always good. That is my favorite dance move of all time: the shopping cart. <laughs> Yes. You've made me eternally weapon. happy. That's going to be a great weapon. You'll have, like, you're grabbing, you know, I don't know, power-ups from the side, and every time you shove the cart forward, it sends a huge, like, Hadouken. Boom! <laughs> yes! And, thinking, and check this out. So then, and then for every minion you free, and they get behind you in your little, conk, um, your little conga line, it just increases the power of that Hadouken. Oh, my God. So just that would be... It'd be yes. epic, but but once you get shot, then all your you know your flash mob behind you kind of disperses. But how awesome is that going to be? Going around collecting guys, boom, boom, shopping carting. Anyways, <laughs> yes. All right, I, I, I got to keep going. Next question. Um, what's your favorite '90s cartoon? <laughs> favorite '90s cartoon. Favorite '90s cartoon. <laughs> Is that a My. softball? That is oh. a softball. I'm not... Uh, well, kind of a softball. You can't say Johnny Bravo. Nah, you don't have to. Oh. I, loved, <laughs> I, I loved Animaniacs. Yes! That was my favorite one. Perfect. I actually oh, have the yes. uh, their, their uh, singing of the world saved as a, 
as a favorite on my computer. Really? Can I just tell you? Um, I went. I did a USO tour with Rob Paulson. And really? We, yeah, we went to 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 visit all the uh, soldiers out in Washington D.C. And we were out in uh, oh gosh, where they we were visiting the honor guards, the ones that uh, guard the uh, they guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. Mm-hmm. And he's we're sitting around stuff. And he just launches off into the, the 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 countries of the world. He knows that song by heart. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, everyone's like, what? What? It's pretty awesome. Oh my gosh, that's grand. So, I'm sure that somewhere on YouTube, because uh, whenever he's around, someone I, had, I actually had him. T- I teach at Loyola Marymount University character design class. And he came and spoke at that class, and he launched into it there, and you just see all the students going, "Oh my gosh!" It was there. <laughs> that, that's, and the first thing you remember about Animaniacs is that song, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. There's like with Tiny Toons, where they did the, uh, they had their their like music video hour, and they did like the two songs from, uh, from uh, They Might Be Giants. giants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, Istanbul and Particle Man, and that was. I know. Yes, well, like, you can tell so, I love Particle Man because it sounds like Particle Man. And, <laughs> and that's your song. <laughs> it is. It was for a long time. They would go, "Partable man, partable man." You're singing about me. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so. Oh yeah, no, no, that's right. You got to answer. Okay, sorry. I'm All right, so I, I have to go with Ren and Stimpy. Yes. Okay. Good answer. It's just I, I have to. <laughs> Those gross close-ups were just amazing. Oh yes, and just oh, Stimpy was so dumb. It was fantastic. And, yeah, and Billy West doing his voice. He sounded like Larry Fine of the Three Studios, didn't he? I think he just sounded exactly <laughs> like. And, uh, yeah, he did a great amazing. voice. The uh, uh, the horse the horse gags were always fantastic, and and I'm, yes. I'm always stuck with a uh, powdered toast man. So uh, oh. you know, amazing is. When I got into cartoons, all that stuff was, I was just a huge fan of them. But then when you're working next to all these people, you can't help but just have a giant smile on your face the way I imagine that you have right now. Yeah. That, like, I remember going into a, because I started off at Hanna-Barbera, and Don Messick was there. He was the voice of Scooby-Doo and everything. Just seeing oh God, him yeah. and, and listening to them do their voices, it was just the most amazing thing. Uh, this, this one day they brought back all the voice actors from all the different from all the past Hanna-Barbera episodes um, all the ones that were still alive at that point in time but one of the ones that I, I thought was so cool that came back for this little powwow was Sam the Butcher <laughs> from the Brady Bunch Wow! I guess he did a bunch of voices in Hanna-Barbera and I was like oh my god it's Sam <laughs> <laughs> But you get to meet the coolest people. Marvin Kaplan was an amazing guy. He sat there and talked to me all about Jonathan Winters and his time on It's Mad, 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 Mad World. Every time I did a a voice record, I always wanted to make sure I got somebody that had some sort of uh, history there. And I'd show up early, they'd show up early and just sit there and ask them questions about cartoon voices. And it's just, I love the cartoon world. I just have to let you know that. But um, 
Oh my god. And that I mean it's that's gonna feed right into my next question. Um and, and I'm gonna go ahead and answer it just to give the example, but that's uh like voiceovers and voice work. Um if I could do anything like with no restrictions because I can't do that, yeah, um, it would be absolutely to be a voice actor. And I the human voice is such a fantastic instrument. It oh is so cool the way people can do I mean like Jennifer Hale, I like I found out that she was like Cinderella. Yeah. And, Two yeah. of the cartoons that my kids watch, so it's like that. You know, yep. I'm, I look at the screen and I'm like, "Yes, that's my Commander Shepard. She's rocking it with the <laughs> prince. I'm good with yep. that. That's fantastic." And she was well, British in Knights of the Old Republic. Yep. Yeah. Yes. When when True. we did the we did the voices for the trailer, I brought in Jennifer Hale, Jeff Bennett, Charlie Adler, and D. Baker um, into the studio together. And Scott had never experienced what it's like to be in a voice record. And it was fun to watch Scott's eyes go, What? What is this? <laughs> They're just it nuts. Was crazy. Oh. It was like unleashing every personality in the world into like a vortex of tornado. These guys were ripping through lines in like different flavors of, you know, 20 different flavors. Like, hey, do that like Daffy Duck. Hey, do it like this. It was like vocal kung fu, dude. My jaw was just <laughs> on the floor the whole time. One of my, one of my favorite then, things is watching um, uh, Tara Strong loves yes. to vine while she's in the voice acting booth with the she different does. people she's doing with and those are the best really? I have I have favorited on my Twitter um, her sitting on Mark Hamill's lap yes, uh, saying pudding fun. and him responding with the Joker's voice see the that's cool so thing awesome. is that you're doing these when you're a cartoon voice person um, or having Johnny Bravo I could ask any of these cartoon people hey come on in and let's let's play um Having Mark saying, "Hey, Mark, can Mark Hamill come in and do a voice?" Having him come in and just having fun with Mark Hamill is just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> just him doing oh. his stuff and being able to just, uh, anyways, it's it's. I could sit there all day and, and watch cartoon voice actors do their thing. Can I? I just have to throw out something quick about Van because he won't say it himself. He knows everybody in the entertainment world, it seems. He's like the Forrest Gump of uh, <laughs> It's like... Pictures of people you, working van is in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, he's been everywhere. He knows all these people, and it's so crazy. It's so fun working with him just because he's got, you know, just, you know, uh, a story about, oh, you know, Jonathan Winters. Yeah, I hung out with Jonathan Winters. It's like, what? And just, yeah, we or just all these crazy stories. <laughs> And so that's what I'm hoping for this game. I am just hoping to attach myself to Van to meet some cool people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it but um, D. Bradley Baker and when and all the stuff he does, dude. Van, we got to post some of that stuff to the Kickstarter website so I can see some of those outtakes. Yeah, because it's amazing. It's amazing that he's hear all the different voices he's going through, and it's just it's just awesome. Yeah, I, I was uh, the the next question was going to be if you could do anything else. Um, what profession would you like to do? Um, but I'm not going to let you answer that because you have the greatest profession in the world. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the to the final question. It's kind of the darkest question, uh, but we also find it kind of the most interesting. Um, at the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad meets us with the Book of Our Deeds, uh, what would you like him to say to you? Ooh, that's deep. That's very deep. You know what? I know what I'd like him to say to me. I would like him to say to me, well done. You tried to put the best entertainment possible in front of people that uh, 
maybe uh, maybe when people are having a hard time, you've given them a few laughs and lightened up their their load. Hmm. That's what I would like <laughs> to imagine. I would like to imagine pretty much it's pretty much on par with that. That well done, my good and faithful servant kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. That you you've done what you're supposed to be doing. That that's pretty much what uh, I would like to hear. That you you stuck in you 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 held your ground when you didn't think that you were supposed to be doing what you were doing, and you did it. And that's what you, it was supposed to be. It was this big struggle for you. It was it, you didn't think that you could do it, but uh, you pulled it out. And and I'm glad that you did because it made you a better person. That's what that's pretty awesome. I'm very good with that. That's that's <laughs> great. You guys are doing it. I yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, cool. thank you guys. All right, that does it for the uh, the end game. You guys passed. You win our eternal love and respect. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Uh, is it is, has no monetary value to turn in, so just hold on to it. Um, it may accrue, you know, goods over time. <laughs> I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to us. It's great to be able to. to we're so excited about it, dudes, and yeah. we're just, uh, yeah, we're just stoked to, to talk to you guys about it because we know you appreciate games and appreciate all the hard work that goes into it. And you guys are doing this, you know. Yeah, because you guys are fans like of games. You yeah, exactly. So you, you know, man. It's fun talking to you guys because, um, especially with the Kickstarter stuff, you see so many of them out there, and 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 so many ideas are just hard to really put across and seeing the the passion that you guys have and just the the crazy way that you've lashed on to this to this dancers of war um it, it i can't i can't understand anybody hearing this and not going i want to back this thing just to see this get made why thank you that's 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 the so best much. praise that we can get yeah for sure <laughs> I, I don't know what to say after that, Brian. You you, you kind of just him. like stole all the thunder. Like I had, I don't I don't know where to go. Thanks. <laughs> well, so the people that Brian you have a script. Uh, just so, what am I feeding you lines for? You know what, no, we're at the end of the script. I, this part isn't scripted. It's always off the cuff, so it can be as natural as possible. Nice. Uh, except that it sounds the same from podcast to podcast because sure. we've done a lot of these. Anyway, um, so all the people that have listened to this and have heard your passion and want to go fund Dancers of War, tell them, send us out by telling them where they can go to do that. Well, they can go to Kickstarter. They can Google Kickstarter and Dancers of War, Dancers, plural, Dancers of War. And I think we're back up to the top of the Google list when you type those four words in. Um, I don't. I think uh, at one point, if you typed in "Dancers of War," well, if you type in "Dancers of War" just by itself, I think you get "War Dancers," which no one wants to watch "War Dancers." <laughs> um, and then That's we're like, thing? Fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to sure type in Kickstarter, cool, and then you go in there on that first no, page, I... watch our video, and if you like it, then you can press that green button that says "Back this project," and then you can check out all the fun things that'll help make this project a go. And if you really like it, pester all your friends because it's kind of one of these things where we really need more eyes on it. I mean, 
backing it is awesome, but to really help it, it just pass it around and annoy your friends. <laughs> yeah, we, we want to make this the crowdfunded thing. It's like you're going to find people that you think this is an awesome thing. I mean, if you back this project and you tell anybody that you're backing this project about and you talk about the excitement about it and how weird it is, how funny it is, and you have your phone there, you're all, dude, just check out this video. That kind of stuff is, goes a long way. And if like one person did it to five friends, I think we would be, get to where we wanted to go. Awesome. Well, hopefully... Uh, everyone will do that. I will try to do that. Brian, I, I know he's going to try to do that. Yes. So um, thank you guys so much for talking to us tonight about Dancers of War. And uh, I wish you guys the best. I hope everything goes uh, amazingly for you and you get to make uh, Dancers of War the way that you want to. Thank you, Seth. Oh, thank, you. thank you guys so much.